KFI AM 640. Bill Handel here on a Saturday morning. And our lineup, let me do our lineup on Sunday for a change. All right? Let me see if I can do it uh, from memory because I don't have it written in front of me. Uh, We start with Elizabeth Espinoza from 5 to 6. Then we go to Jesus, or Jesus comes to us if we believe in Jesus. And I do, especially on this radio station. And that's from 6 to 9 o'clock. From 9 to 11, I don't have the foggiest notion. Dean Sharp. Oh, my God. Dean, I am so sorry. Wow. And Dean helps me. Dean Sharp, the house whisperer. Jeez. Is it bad enough that we even edit this out? Probably not. Dean will just hate me. Fair enough. Uh, Yeah. It's just, yeah, I'll just leave it. Yeah, just leave it alone because I'm going to screw it up again. So uh, that's our Sunday lineup right here on KFI. This is Handle on the Law, marginal legal advice, where I tell you you have absolutely no case. All right. Uh, By now, you know, if you've been listening to this show at all, uh, that when uh, any product is making a medical claim, it has to be backed up. Otherwise, uh, you or they are talking to uh, the FTC, Federal Trade Commission. So there is a New Jersey company uh, that is uh, coming out with a line called liver-friendly alcohol. Hmm. Uh, and claiming that this various alcohol, different drinks, is the result of adding a proprietary mixture invented by the son of an Indian pharmaceutical mogul over a 12-year period at a research cost of $35 million. Okay. Now, the feds are saying, you know what, uh, wait a minute, because they have to approve this. Uh, now, tests have shown uh, that this drink with this product in, there, in it actually does reduce liver damage by up to 70% in rats. And therein is a problem. It's not just a BS medical claim. We're going to make your hair grow. We're going to get rid of cancer. Uh, this actually uh, does work in rats. And so uh, the the company uh, want to make labels and make eight health claims about the vodka, particularly. Among them, it reduces the risk of alcohol-induced liver diseases and helps protect DNA from alcohol-induced damage. Well, uh, the uh, government can't stop uh, can't stop uh, the company from selling the alcohol with this stuff in it. However, uh, making the claim that it actually reduces liver damage by up to 70%, I'm assuming that if they say up to 70% in rats and it's scientific, uh, scientifically based, I'll bet you that would fly, I think. Although the FTC can say the impression is that it's a medical claim that can be inferred that it helps human beings and they may shut it down. And then there's a huge lawsuit going on. All right. uh, Let's go ahead and take some phone calls. Uh, Hey, Gary. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hi, Gary. Uh, Sorry. Hi, Bill. Yes, sir. Um, Yeah. um, Married uh, 27 years. Um, I have uh, two rental properties and also a primary residence. Um, Basically, my wife hasn't worked in 24 years. uh, we, she was recently diagnosed, uh, with, well, uh, she's had cancer over the years, but now, uh, it's pretty bad. Mm. So basically, uh, 
Um, she gives me a call one day and tells me uh, she's eliminating me from her will and uh, her life insurance and putting my stepdaughter down. Um, puts my stepdaughter in one of the rental properties and another stepdaughter in the other rental Okay, properties. I don't know. what is, And what does that mean, puts your daughter into the rental properties? I don't quite understand that. Well, basically, we fell behind on the mortgages, so they're actually helping us out. Okay, but I still don't know what does it mean to put the kids uh, on the rental property. I mean, what did she physically do uh, to put... No, they, they physically moved in. Oh, okay, got it. Uh, so they, they moved into yeah. the house. Okay, understood. They, yeah, the two properties. Okay. Have my older stepdaughter and one right. younger stepdaughter. Fair enough. Okay, and uh, I still have three younger ones in college. And, uh, you know, she just told me she's uh, basically eliminating me from everything, and then she wants to sell the one property to my okay. older stepdaughter. Okay, Gary, what uh, in what is the name on the deed on those properties? Uh, both of our names. She can't do anything unless you sign off. Oh, I see. Okay. Now, she can rent it, theoretically, which she did uh-huh. or let someone move in because she has much right as you do. But then you right. get caught up in um, going to court and just going crazy. Also, yeah, basically, I'm trying to keep the peace without. Uh, yeah, no, I get it. So getting, uh, now she has a right. As far as the insurance policy is concerned, she pretty well has the right to say who she wants on the policy. Unless that policy was paid for by both of you with uh, with community assets, which I think is the case. You've been married so long. So right. I don't know. And who owns that policy? She does as an individual. Yes. Hmm. But you've paid for it. Yes. Mm, I don't know the answer to that, whether you have any control over that since you paid for it. Don't know whether mm. yes or no. Properties, I'm assuming, are they in joint tenancy? Yes. Okay, they all go to you, Gary. And then you can, uh, and uh, and without trying to sound too uh, well, insensitive, uh, mm-hmm. when you talk about your wife, uh, how close is she to dying, just outright? Well, uh, her prognosis, recent prognosis, was uh, three to nine months. Okay. So- well, new, new, new medication, I could actually extend her life three to five years. Okay, well, uh, then the, you're talking about if it had been three to nine months, that's one issue. Uh, mm-hmm. Longer than that. So now you have kids that are in the rental property, and they are they are paying rent, or they're staying there for free? Yeah, they both, no, they both have good jobs. They're paying Oh, rent. Then, then what do you care? Yeah. You, basically okay. have, you basically have great tenants. You're fine. Yeah. You're fine, yeah. Gary. So what was yeah. your what was your question? Well, I was just worried that, you know, I'm trying to be undermined financially and uh well, you know. no, it doesn't work that way. First of all, the properties yeah. are fine. The only mm-hmm. issue is uh the insurance policy. Uh that is an issue which I don't know the answer to. You get to ask another lawyer for that. And mm-hmm. uh but other than that, you're gonna be fine. Okay. And Great. and more okay. importantly, you have kids that are paying the rent and they're playing market. That's exactly what you want. Javier. Hello, Javier. Hey, Bill, good morning. Yes, sir. Uh, real quick, I don't want to take up a lot of your time. Uh, I've been renting a uh, house out here in Pomona. Uh, it's my last uh, property I was. Okay, well, you know, I'm having a hard time understanding you. Are you on a sell? Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm on a sell, but I got my Bluetooth on, and I'm going to the 67 on my way to Anaheim. So yeah, it's not, okay. It's, it's getting a, a little difficult, but we'll try. Okay, you have a, you have a house in Pomona. Is that correct? Correct, correct. And uh, I've been paying my rent, you know, uh, every month. It's about $1,200. And uh, on October 2nd, I got a, a paper on my gate basically uh, saying, you know, that the houses were sold. They were no longer my in-laws' property anymore. Okay. And 
and uh, I got with the realtor because I'm trying to buy a house myself. And uh, he looked it up, and he said that the properties were in foreclosure since April. Now, I didn't get any mention of this or anything like that. So, And I looked it up, and uh, my understanding is in order for a house to, or a property to go foreclosure, it has to be uh, the payment on the mortgage has to be late about three months, 120 days. Yeah, but what it doesn't have to uh, uh, Javier has nothing to do with you. Right, so, and uh, as, it has nothing. It has nothing to do with you uh, in terms of the rules of the foreclosure. You're a tenant, right? I guess what I'm asking is, it's about ten thousand eight hundred dollars that I paid since uh, what do you like uh, uh, since February? Yes, okay, hold on a minute. Wait, 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 wait. You've paid ten thousand dollars in rent. Yeah, it's about twelve hundred a month. Okay, all right. So and. I'm wondering where my money went. It doesn't matter. It went. It doesn't matter. It went to. If it went to the wrong landlord, that's their problem, not yours. And if anybody and if anybody tries to kick you out for non-payment of rent, you have the proof that you paid the rent because no one told you that that's not the person to pay the rent to. As far as you're concerned, you've been paying the rent to the right person. Let they they have to worry about it, not you. You've paid the rent. Got it. Okay. So I guess another question, real quick. Um, it's my, uh, my my in-laws, like it's my wife's parents that were the prior owners. Uh, does that, uh, like, um, no, that has nothing to do with it. I know where you're going to go with that because a family, no, no, family relation, no. Whoever owns the house can sell the house without telling the tenant. If the house is being foreclosed on, the tenant doesn't have to know. The only issue is, is there payment of rent or not? And if there's payment of rent, and someone starts to argue that you paid the wrong person and you weren't told to pay another person, uh, then there is an, there's no issue there. You're fine. Uh, no, no question about it. All right. Uh, Robert. Hello, Robert. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Okay. So I got in an accident um, about two months ago. And... Um, and it wasn't my fault, but anyway, so my insurance company said that it was 75 or 70% my fault. And they said that was from my initial statement. And my initial statement was basically, I just described what happened at the point of impact, which was, which was right at the driveway I was pulling into. And I, I didn't say that I had my brakes on to slow down to pull into the driveway. I didn't think I needed to say that. I thought that was obvious that that's what you do, you know, before you pull into a driveway. And uh, so apparently they're going, well, no, because you didn't have your turn signal on. And, All right. And it's like, well, well, I I had my brake lights on. And the guy was behind me. Right. He, he should have had control of his vehicle. Right. So which I don't understand how you can be 70 uh, percent at fault uh, because he's supposed to keep either. a distance. And All right. So, so what's your question, Robert? So anyway, I, I they say, well, you can, you can, you know, ask us to reconsider. Yeah. and they just won't. They won't. A- they won't answer my call. Yeah, they they send them an email. There's okay. a letter because when they told you you're seventy percent at fault, they did it in a letter, Robert. Yeah, they did. Yeah, that's who you write well, back to. Getting my license and everything. Yeah, else. no. Like, then you go, you go, you you just go back to the people that wrote you the letter and say, here's yes, I want a reconsideration and I want you to uh, look at these details that we left out, and I disagree with the 70% at fault. That's all. That's all you have to do. Matter of fact, I did that with my daughter. My daughter got into a car accident where the insurance company, where some guy, she pulls into a, uh, she pulls, she gets into an accident and then goes into a parking lot. Some guy who was behind her pulls in and said, you hit me. And she said, no, I didn't. Now, I hit the other person. But I didn't hit you. And 
So uh, she simply said uh, the insurance company just wrote him a check because she was totally at fault. And then they dinged her. They said uh, that she was at fault and therefore they were paying. It was like $1,200. It wasn't a lot of money. And so the problem was there was – that meant there was another at-fault accident on her record. So that made 23 in the last six months. And we wanted to get down to 22 at-fault accidents in the last six months. So – uh, the fact they paid the guy is not my problem. I don't care who they pay. The point was I asked for reconsideration, and in the letter it says our uh, investigation showed. And I write back to them. I go, what investigation? We went to your car repair place that you asked us to go to. That was our policy. And read the report. There's no damage on that part of the car where he says he uh, hit her. Where's the evidence? Matter of fact, the evidence goes the other way. And they came back and said, you're absolutely right. Someone actually paid attention to it, came back and removed that after having paid the money. Who cares? They can pay a million dollars for all I care. Uh, And we were able to get it off. So the point is, you can do the same thing and say, I left this out. Here's what happened. I want you to reconsider And they will, assuming that you're obnoxious enough about it. All right. Uh, Sharshad. Hello, Sharshad. It's Sharshad, and thank you for taking my call. Uh, Here are my two questions. Uh, First, a a building contractor uh, built an AC for us a few years ago, and he did rework for us about a few months ago. Once we paid him for the job, he asked for the job to be paid for uh, the job that he did a few years ago. And he knows that he has gotten paid. The problem is I've had so many checking accounts closed or credit cards closed due to uh, fraud. I, I, it's very hard for me to trace it. He's not even giving me invoice numbers. Or then he can't, okay, so what's your question, Sharshad? Um, my question is, uh, how can he collect? if He, he can't. Even- he can't. He has to sue you, Sharshad. Okay. He has to file a lawsuit, and he has to prove. And if he's told me he'll put a lien on my house, uh, does, can was that, that for? Or? Well, he theoretically can. Is that is that for work that he did on your house? Uh, but he's not even giving me. Yes, that is correct. Okay, how and how long ago? And how long ago did he do that work? Uh, it's been quite a few. I think like, two thousand. No, no. And if he's been, if it's been years, you're fine. He can't do it. He can't just if he turns around and puts a lien on your house without having followed the rules. For example, preliminary notice of lien. Well, that's uh, no. That would be uh, subcontractors. But if it's if he turns out and without a lawsuit, without a judgment, puts a lien on your house, uh, and it's and he has no evidence whatsoever that you owe the money. Uh, at all, no invoices, nothing. Then what he has done is wrongly put a lien on the house, and you can you really can go after him for that. That you can't do. That is a true abuse of process. I mean, that's a lawsuit. There are some real, uh, there are some real issues with that. There's uh, consequences, big time. So just say. So what I would do is say, listen, you go ahead and put the lien on the house. I'm suing you, and ask your attorney. What kind of consequences when you wrongly put a lien on a house? If you're willing to do that, I'm going to get a judgment. I'm going to get my attorney's fees. You get to pay for a uh, you get to pay for a lawyer, and I hope that's worth several or tens of thousands of dollars because that's what you're going to pay. Thank you very much. All right, you got it. Ask you my next question. Sure, uh, and that is, um, I have leased 
a building to a client who buys fabric from and makes clothing. He's turned it around, and he's turned it into a marijuana growing operation. Call the police. The city, uh, well, the Vernon went in there, and Vernon, a uh, city, city of Vernon, went in, and uh, they have closed him down. I'm wondering if I'm... Uh, up for any legal issues. Sure. I mean, yeah. yeah. No, in terms of you're up for any legal issues of him suing you? No. The city uh, being upset at me or... Uh, no, they're not going to be upset with you. They're just shutting him down. You'll be fine. Okay. Yeah, you're fine. Thank you. Yeah, probably those guys in the city smoke more dope than you could ever imagine anyway. You know, they're probably sitting around. With, they're going to decide what to do to you while they're smoking joints. Uh, Rennie. Hi. Hi. What can I do for you? Um... I called a little earlier about um, our insurance company on our Big Bear cabins uh, is requesting that we put up, like, IC signs, caution signs, uh, step signs. Yeah. And I noticed that in a lot, a lot of places I visit in L.A., that a lot, many of the signs are in also different languages, you know, especially Spanish. Right. Personally, I hate signs. I just don't like Oh, good for you. I hate those signs, too. Those pesky stop signs drive me crazy. The do not park here signs really drive me crazy. Yeah, I know. Signs are a drag. Especially uh, the uh, the signs on the freeway that says go this way instead of that way. Those are really problematic. I get that. So what's what's your question, Rennie? Well, my question is even want to see the signs, but we're going to put them up. But we're noticing that in LA, that a lot of signs are also in Spanish. Yeah. Are do you, all right? Is that a law? Yeah. No, absolutely not. Are you in a Hispanic area? Well, we get uh, visitors from all over. No, 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 no. Well, let me ask you this. Okay, we get visitors from all over. I don't know. What, I I don't know what that means. You rent to visitors? Oh, it's uh, it's a place where a whole lot of international people go to. Yeah. It's all right. You can just yeah. Don't you, yeah. Just do it in English. You're fine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and follow what the insurance company says. Yeah. So you hate signs. All right. Great. So in the meantime, you put them up. And uh, because you don't want the insurance company to know, hey, we told them to put a sign. Therefore, when uh, someone fell down or is arguing that, gee, you should have warned me. Well, there's the sign. I understand the insurance company is doing that. I would I would actually jump at it to put a sign up. But then again, I have this thing about getting sued. I don't particularly enjoy those. All right, uh, Isha or Aisha. Hello, Aisha. Hi. Yes. So I have a custody dispute with my ex, and he's saying that when he's out of town, he gets to decide where the kid goes on his date. Yeah, uh, no, I don't. I don't think so. I think you have the right to say when he's out, I want the kids, because you he's have as much that. you have as much right to where the children go as he does, and once he is out of the picture. Uh, then you have the right to say, I'd rather have the kids with me because those aren't his days anymore because he no longer has the kids. But he's saying since they're legally his days on paper, he could say where the kid goes no matter what. Well, that's not that's not true because it's not his days. The whole point of uh, his days is they're with him. He can't just right. take them and park them someplace and say, here you go. Uh, I don't think he I don't think he has the right to do that. And I, I didn't think, think so either. And I think, and if you have to go into court, you have to go into court to have the judge make that decision and hit him with attorney's fees. Where, where would uh, he? Let me ask you this, uh, Aisha. Where would he put the kids? 
with his girlfriend or his parents? Oh, well, maybe the parents, but no. No, you can say, I'd rather have the children with me than with his parents. Yeah, I think uh, I think you're okay, and you can say uh, no to that. Or at least that's my understanding. Of course, you can actually find out whether that's right or not simply by calling a family law attorney, or if there are any family law attorneys that listen to this show, and many, many attorneys listen to this show just for the sheer entertainment value of me giving the wrong advice and generally not knowing what I'm talking about. So occasionally I will get an email saying, Handel, you are dead wrong. Matter of fact, whenever I get an email, and I know it's from an attorney, it always starts with Handel, you are dead wrong. Uh, Diana. Diana, welcome to Handle on the Law. Thank you. I had a question. Um, I am in the middle of a lawsuit against the owners of the unit I use, where I live. Mm Mm-hmm. And my attorney just contacted me yesterday stating that he heard from their attorney and they do not have homeowner's insurance. Okay. And I wanted to know what's my recourse. Your recourse is to keep suing them. That's all. Just because they don't have homeowner's insurance doesn't mean you don't sue them. It just means there isn't an insurance company behind them to pay you. They have to pay you. And why are you, Diana, why are you suing them? Well, I actually called you on this uh, earlier in the year. Uh, the roof fell in. They refused to fix it. It was mold. Um, I had to go in a hotel. I was oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For- All right. So is your attorney willing to stay with the lawsuit and go after them? Well, yeah, but that's another issue. He won't call me. He'll that is the issue. No, no, it's not another it's issue. Forgetting. That's the issue. Oh. Because the trick here is uh, making sure that you still have an attorney. Here's why attorneys bail out on this stuff. And that is... If there isn't insurance where they know they're going to get money, then what they'll do is they'll work to get a judgment, and then you have to go after the landlord. It's a double hit. So it's the work initially and then the work after to collect. And so you have to find out if your attorney is willing to stay on the case without insurance. And if not, and unfortunately, I'm sorry? Yeah, he he, he said he was. Then you do it. Then you stay put. That's all. There's nothing more. There's nothing more for you to do except keep on going, Diana. But where would the money come from? That, them, mean, they're they're, well, if they have, insurance. if they have property, it's going to come from them because you're going to get a judgment against them. Well, if the property is worth over a million. They're going to get the money unless they go bankrupt on you. And if they go bankrupt on you, you're pretty screwed, Diana. Okay. Yeah, there's not much you can do about that, and it's not as if you ask the landlord, "Do you have insurance?" Nobody ever does. But then who's not, who's nuts enough to own rental property and not have insurance? What happens if the place burns down? You're looking at a, a hulk of a building. There's nothing there. So it's uh, it makes no sense not to have insurance. But maybe you're dealing with some really aberrational, crazy people. I imagine. Uh, Enrique. Hi, Enrique. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. How you doing, sir? I got a situation... A few years back, I entered into a uh, business with my partners, my brother and I, a friend, 150000 and we entered with this uh, fake rock uh, polytelenium business. Projection of the business was uh, $3 million for each $50,000. We pay a professional, supposedly, that projected the four company, you know, all these uh, gains and all this stuff. And uh, we produ- start producing 
the machinery was bought, you know, the, the company was running. Okay, I'm a little confused. Enrique, uh, I'm a little confused as to what exactly you did. I mean, you went through this whole uh, this whole description. I have no idea what the company does. You went into a partnership. You bought machinery. What did you manufacture? Uh, Polyethylenium fake rock for to... Uh, insulate homes on the outside. Oh, I see. Okay, got it. Like swimming pools where they have those fake rocks, that sort of thing? Exactly. Got it. Okay. All right. Yeah, all right. they cover a house in two hours. Got it. Okay. All right. So, all right. So tell me what happened. All right. Now, these people start producing. You know, we went and so everybody was working, 30 people producing. Investors came overseas, China, and then Home Depot was like on on the way to buy our idea and uh, Lowe's and everybody's. And then suddenly, the guys, you know, the supposedly the the head of the business, and they shut the business down, kick everybody out, you know, and they went bankrupt. Okay, and, and, now, they, and they went bankrupt, and they and they have all your money, correct? They have millions of dollars from like about twenty, thirty people, but us is only like three. Now, these guys are now, uh, they disappear, but the produce, all these uh, things that we were doing is selling at Home Depot, actually, like now. And uh, we got a foot in the butt, and that's all we got. Okay, I don't, you got a what? A kick in the butt. Oh, a kick in the butt. Okay, yeah. but do you have the equipment? I have pictures. I have. Uh, no, no, I do you have the equipment to manufacture the stone? The guys, uh, you know, basically they left everything like that. Okay, uh, so you have, so Enrique, you have the equipment. No, no, I don't have it. They supposed to put it on a. They supposed to take it. Okay, to a so place. okay, so you it. you paid you paid for equipment that you were supposed to have. Do I have that right? No. Uh, all the investors, we put millions of dollars, and we bought. Okay, it was just a, okay. It was just a, you invested. You invested money into a business, basically. Yeah. Okay, that's yeah. it. I wish you had just said I invested money into a business, and they went bankrupt. Right. That's a, okay. That is a ten-second question, Enrique. But thank you for spending me an hour and a half going through all of this. All right. So you put <laughs> money into a business where they go bankrupt and they just disappear, right? Well, the bankrupt was done for only one one of the guys on the on the company. Is the, the bu- wait a sec? Is the business bankrupt or one of the individuals? Was it a corporation you bought into? Uh, yes. But okay. The individual followed the bankrupt. I don't know about the company. Okay. Well, you better know about the company because that's going to be my answer to you. Okay. What's your question? I, I went to the court uh, when he filed the bankrupt, and he was he was the individual who filed the bankruptcy. All right. And what did the so, court? And what did the court say? The court uh, uh, give grants in the bankruptcy. Right, because the- because it wasn't the corporation. It has not uh, effectively. He is going just bankrupt as an individual. What's your question, Enrique? Uh, the corporation that we're in has nothing to do with just another member, and he was like the press. Okay, what's your? He went personally bankrupt. What is your question? Can I proceed with these people, even though I have uh, several years? Because I've been eating, you know. No, no. Enrique, it's a corporation that you invested in that went bankrupt. And you would have to prove that the people that put you into that corporation uh, did it fraudulently. And then that becomes an individual lawsuit for fraud, which is not affected by the bankruptcy. But good luck getting an attorney, Enrique, to do that. 
I understand. So if the corporation is still active, knowing that they sold this... Yeah, if the corporation is still active, then it hasn't gone bankrupt. Unless it's Chapter right. 11, and if it has done, if it's been a reorganization, then you would have been told all about it. You would be getting paperwork like crazy, Enrique. Are you get? Are you getting any paperwork? Uh, no. All right, then. Then they haven't filed for bankruptcy yet. Okay, great. Then uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna investigate then, and I'll yeah, that's what you want to do. You want to investigate, and you want to hire a lawyer because hell, you can't even explain what's going on, much less start handling it for yourself. That literally was, it should have been a 12, now about a 28-second phone call. I should have asked him what color those rocks were that he sprays. He said on the outside of a house. I guess, yeah, the swimming pool. I mean, I had one of those companies. I have a swimming pool, and I put up the fake rocks. And uh, the guy promised me uh, they're going to look great. They look terrific. Uh, the only thing missing is a neon light that blinks fake rock off and on over my swimming pool. This is Handle on the Law.